0: Welcome everybody to another week of Choking Hazard, the podcast. I'm your host, James Legasic, and let's get this show on the road. Come to our last week of condensed rounds and our last week of, hopefully, having to find out what's going to happen the day before it happens and locked out teams. Although the AFL did just break that they are doing another bunch of condensed uh, 18 or something games in a row. So I think it's all going to happen again. And with buyers on the horizon, it's uh, every man for himself. Ladder's really starting to take shape at the moment. I might just uh, take stock of that one while we've got everybody listening. Top of the ladder, we've got Nick on eight balls, top on 36 points. Uh, we then go to top, uh, top two and three. We've got Lockie Big Fish and Brian 22 0 vision on 32 each. Then go to fourth and fifth with Kane and Brian Packy Fires on 28 each. So they're rounding out top five and a game clear. Then we go Keelan also a game clear on 24 points in sixth. They've got a bit of a log jam with 7th, 8th, 9th, and 10th, all on 20 points. We've got James, Sacred Fart, Braden, Squad, Steve, Sodium Chloride, Grant on the Cairns. Then go to Leave Rance Alone 11 and Lockie's Cane Train and Three Flags, all even as well. So, real good uh, closeness at the back half of that one there. So, really, it's anyone's game, especially with a few of the matchups we've got coming up as well. Really, anything could happen. I'm now I'm going to turn my attention to the matchups for the week. First up, we had The Big Fish. Uh, Lockie thirteen eighty two defeated Grant on the cans eleven eighty nine. This one here we had a captain Gaff here with Lysette, one hundred and twenty six, and Lockie went big with big Tom Hawkins two hundred and fifty two as the captain. So really good there. Um, what a lot like to say. A couple of hundreds there for each of them, um, but really Lockie had someone that went just that went a bit higher and just uh, a bit higher. Even with Tom Lynch out on 18s no problem at all. Then go next. We got uh, Brian 220 Vision 1235 defeated Alex Netfits and Chill 1144. Here we had Casbot 86 as a captain, really hurting Brian. Josh Kennedy 152, so a decent one there. But it was really the, the lesser lights there for, for Alex that really struggled for him, while Brian had a few guys like Neil doing his normal thing and Lyons doing his normal thing, just going bigger and bigger. Then go to Nick April 1608, top score in this round. Another big, big score from Wusty. And Brayden, scored 11.99. Eric Hitwood, 256. Just absolutely massive. Would not have expected that from anything. Anyone would have expected that. And he's boy McRae, 183. Really just doing well. Even Charrick coming off the uh, round end of obscurity. Uh, Braden had some good guys with Cracker 160. Even Brayshaw back to his best. But Tabernacle captain are not doing good. And Isaac Smith out of four. That basically was the game right there. Turn, turn our attention to Brian Packey Flyers, 11.96 defeated Lockheed's Cane Train, Matt, uh, 1,014. Uh, Jack Rowe really, 144 as captain. not too bad, especially against, against the Mag Jack Door 92. Uh, Matt also had one player not play as well, so really hurt him there with one less, but uh, really, would that one have made up the distance? Who knows? Only time would have told. Then go to Scotty, leave Rance alone, 1,012. We're getting to the lower end of the scores this round. Against, defeated by, Keelan, Bev, Ambassador, Arbroise, 10, 1, 000, sorry 1,048. Well, Tom Lynch, Oscar Allen, 160, 144, not great. But then Scotty, two guys not scoring on the ground, really not good. And then Walsh, 114 on the field, on the bench as well, just really, really hurt him there. But unfortunately, that's what happens. Then go to uh, the next game. Steve, sodium chloride, 13-69. Defeated Kane, angry midgets, 13-14. Really close game and high scores there. Both captains went big of Darling and Dixon, 230 and 234, but... Unfortunately, Cam Jolman, Mitch Robinson 25, and 28 for Kane really just sort of screwed up there. And even Jack Martin on eighteen really uh hurt Steve. So some low scores, but some some big big briefers there. Then go to James, sacred Fight, eleven fifty-three, defeated by Ben Three Flags, thirteen eighty-one. I had two zeros on the field there, so it didn't really hurt help me at all with all my boys going laid outs. And then Darcy Fogarty just absolutely smashed it as a captain. Twenty-six, yes, that's as captain. Twenty-six, so really just uh Helped me get across the line there. That boy did. But then, oh, look, Ben had some really good scores. duty really good crouch. Even my check, 99. And then Menegal uh, 154 early on. Just really set it up. Even with my big scores of Oli Wines and Laird, 189, 185. Just not enough when you've got those too many players not playing. All right, guys. It now comes time for my Coach of the Week. And uh, we have something unprecedented here, guys. We have someone who's managed to make it on the podcast twice. You wouldn't have thought about it, but because all you blokes who haven't been on uh, just keep sucking, like myself included. We just uh, didn't warrant the, the call-up, so a welcome for the second time, and top of the ladder, uh, Mr. Nicholas Wust. All right, congratulations on being the the first uh, coach to make it twice on the podcast, Wusty. Welcome. Thanks,
1: Aaron. Good to be back again. It only took me a 1,600 score to get welcome back, but if that's what it takes, I'm just going to be dropping them every round from
0: now on. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. You probably look like you will, so... I think we're all in a bit of strife, but we'll uh, wait and see what the next two weeks take us before we get to finals. Well, it's good to hear,
1: and I'm actually glad that you have time this week, because there's something I actually wanted to bring up with you, Jim. Yep. I had a little epiphany during the week. Do you know what that means?
0: Uh, yes, it means a little bolt of lightning just struck your brain.
1: That's right. Something dawned on me. I just want to take you back to a date. Give me one second so I can get my, my dates right. So I want to take you back to the 9th of November, 1997. Do you know what
0: happened on that date? <laughs> Uh, no, I don't know what happened or not that way I don't know
1: Okay, I'll take you back to Montreal, Canada That was the scene for the infamous Montreal Screwjob in the WWF Are you familiar with what that one
0: was? Uh, no, I'm not a huge WWF fan but uh, enlighten me
1: Work with me here then At the time Director The Hitman Hart was the champion of the WWF Now he was walking over to the WCW and the chairman Vince McMahon he didn't want him to take the belt over there obviously because he was effective but because it was for a house in Canada, he wanted to, you know, go out and play the glory in his hometown So at the time everyone was happy everyone agreed. Okay, you can win the fight You can get the title but you'll give it back to us Now what happened the Montreal Screwjob, Vince McMahon Changed the rules mid-fight so that Shawn Michaels would win and then from that there was a big uproar Brett cracked the shit. everyone cracked the shit. and McMahon is suddenly the bad guy now what McMahon did after that was use that to his advantage He decided to be the villain and play it up like he did on purpose because he wants to be the bad guy and tickets rating all in through the group. That's what I've decided I am. I'm now (laughs) the infamous man of our group. I'll give you another date. 16th of June, 4.07pm. Do you know what happened on that date?
0: Is this the infamous bond gate?
1: Yes. On that date, I traded Marcus Vaughan Pally for Jacob Hopper. And the same thing. The group erupted. Everyone hated me. They're all painting me as being the bad guy. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm now the Vince McMahon of the group. And as I'm sure you know, who was Vince McMahon's biggest competition or biggest opponent during that Attitude
0: Era? Uh, I wish I really knew, but you have to enlighten me as well.
1: Are you familiar with Stone Cold Steve Austin? The man, the myth, the legend. Exactly. So what happened is Vince would go about his daily routine as commissioner. You know, he'd do the press conferences and everything like that. And then all of a sudden, the glass-shattering noise comes. Austin comes out and just gives him a stunner. Lucky is my Austin. Every time I'm trying to do the right thing, every time I'm trying to contribute to the chat, he just chimes in with a, you know, an Adelaide power stance stunner or calling
0: me a snake stunner. It's just coming from everywhere. I'm just trying to do my job. Just trying to be the bad boy.
1: Also, also, in that time, he had another enemy. He had two, two degenerates, two underachievers, Shawn Michaels and Triple H. They came together to make D-Generation X. To with McMahon's other competition. That, to me, is Ben and Keelan, the same thing. I try to do my thing, I'm trying to play the game as it should be played, and all of a sudden, you know, are you ready? And they come out as DX, their... same thing. They're power stamping, boom, they're text boom, they're saying I'm a snake, boom, and they're just trying to cut me down. But here's what I've decided I'm gonna do. Just like McMahon, I'm gonna form my own corporation against these guys against the Lockies, against the Bens, against the Keelan, its an open invite. Whoever in the chat wants to come and jump on board, I'm, cre- I'm creating. I'm building a faction. I have room for everyone, and let's take these guys down.
0: Perfect. I love it. That was really good. Sounds good. Ah, uh, how do we apply it? Is it a—is it a screened test or all applicants apply? Or, yep, open invite. Beautiful. Even if, those, if
1: Ben Keelan wanted to fact, if they want to jump ship like Michaels and Triple H famously did. They can come over and
0: we'll just get locked on. Sounds good. Well, based on your track record of uh, of recent years, you definitely uh, look like the team to beat, so I think everyone needs to jump on board. It's a good
1: time to get in, and I will
0: look after you. <laughs> all right, we'll go to some questions now, if you uh all good. Let's do it. Perfect. All right, we've got a couple here from, we'll go Keelan first. Uh, and the first one is, is Scott tanking for draft picks? How can you not beat a bloke who scores uh, 1,046?
1: Uh, well, we've seen that Lachlan scored 1,046 and had a pretty decent win, so it is a winnable score, but I think Scotty's just, he's tugged his heels into the trade table. He doesn't realise that he needs wins to get up the ladder. He needs to trade to get those wins, maybe offload some stars to some lesser ones that actually play. But fucking hell, he's one of the hardest ones to deal with in the trade. He just digs his heels in, he's happy with mediocrity. I don't think he's ever won a granny or come close to a granny. It's just somebody has got
0: to give it to Scotty Camp. Yeah, definitely. I think yeah, when you when someone's at the bottom and they're not drafting well or not, you know, not uh, getting getting many wins, you've got to start looking at trades. Which I think we've seen a few people do. Like Steve, he's coming coming good after making some big moves. But for the people that don't and sit at the bottom, well, there's, there's not, you're not going to move really.
1: Yeah, I think I saw before he had Higgins, Kocchen, and I think it was Zach Jones on his bench. So you think he'd offload some of his stars to fill some other holes in the side. But for some reason, he's just happy to just play
0: along. Yeah, he, he tried to try to work something through with me, and yeah, was asked. I felt he like was asking a little bit more from what I what I wanted, so I offered a, a counter, and he's he went straight away no, and then basically told me he's trying to offload his bench for scores. So and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna take the bench. I want someone on your field, and then you can move your bench up. Yeah, I
1: feel like he would just walk if he doesn't like the trade, and would
0: just happy to go down with nothing if it doesn't. Finish. Yeah, well, he's not gonna finish last, so he doesn't have to worry about paying the fine for that. So.
1: No longer a mathematical possibility,
0: is it? No, I don't think so. I think uh, they've all on all the sixteen pointers. That's four wins, and yeah, it's definitely not definitely not happening now. Alex didn't get the win on the weekend, so the following goes to Alex straight up. Well, it's not a good way to argue for the season, then, is it? No, not a good way to not a, not a good first season. But look, well, hopefully, he can get a win over Briser or something. That'd be uh, that'd be really perk him up, I think. Hey, a new
1: Mick is born.
0: A new Mick is one born. One goes out, one <laughs> comes in. Exactly right. Uh, next one here is, uh, next one from Keelan is, Scott continually blames Essendon and McKenna for his losses, but is he just shit? <laughs> I think, we I think on. he doesn't realise that there was like, 44 players
1: that got zeros in that game. Myself included, I lost Oliver as a captain and Viney and lost by, I think, 30, 40 points. So Scottie wasn't the only one that was screwed by that game. And McKenna's shit anyway. Like, what's he going to do besides give people COVID and God knows what else? So yeah. he can make excuses all he wants, but if you're not good enough, you're
0: not good enough. Didn't you have Oliver as the captain and Viney as your <laughs> vice captain? So you lost both scores. Yeah. So effectively, three midfield scores get taken out. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. It's uh, it's very hard to come back from that, especially when the vice doesn't even get a score. But yeah, it was it was a brutal day for uh, the by the way. Yes, definitely. But you seem to be doing pretty well and sitting still, sitting top. So obviously, it didn't affect you that much. So. To be oh, don't to worry. Things? Since I'm
1: knocked out, I'll be crying and talking about that game for whoever is willing to listen. But unfortunately, that <laughs> list is getting shorter by the day. <laughs> uh,
0: we'll have to wait and see what happens with the buyers coming up because there's nothing next week. So what if that comes in finals? It could be a real big real big problem, but we'll have to wait and see. I did have a look, and none
1: of the home and away rounds actually have the buys, and so the buyers are all going to come in the finals. And I can just see someone like me getting screwed over. Someone like lucky will probably get kissed on the dick, and it's just Bradbury's way through to the grand final.
0: Yeah, well, at least you're uh, finishing like you're pretty much, uh, I think you're mathematically set for top four, so at least you get the double chance regardless. So you've got to hope that if that's the case and all the buys happen on that one round, it's that first round, so you, you live to fight another day. Yeah, I can work with
1: that. And yeah. I've got some ties in the work,
0: so we'll see how it stands out. Very nice. All right. Next one is how far can Brian the auto draft go? The top four place up for grabs, can Neil carry him, or will, his shoot, will he ship the bed like we all expected him to?
1: I'll tell you what, it might be in. Alex's interest To just sit out The draft next year And just let Autodraft Do the hard work For him Because that is a phenomenal effort To come this far With an autodraft Isn't But I think he got nearly his first pick And lines would have Been two or three And that which No one probably Would have drafted That high And they're just Absolutely flying for him So yeah hats off to him. So He can make A solid contribution In the finals has got to be Something that to Have your footy train And something that night and just completely Missed the draft Altogether I'm sure Ben would Be happy for all the cops Should start to take That night off And you know That's one less Faction has got to Worry about
0: <laughs> Definitely, yes. Sorry, right, we've got some questions about that coming up later. I'm sure there is. And guess, and guess what? They're all lucky. <laughs> oh, well, surprise on that one. Yeah. Uh, next one. Uh, we at all surprised that Mutt lost to Bryza. After all, he is the disappointing poo. I feel like Mutt's sort of going
1: down the Scotty path a little bit. He doesn't seem to be getting too proactive or aggressive with any moves he's making. He's not talking as bigger game as he well was at the start either. I think he's just got to... Just dig in, just fight hard and maybe make some sort of
0: kint in the finals. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, he's definitely in that spot where he's looking at there, both on 16 points, so they've got to win the next two to be a chance, but still oh, a point there. Like Here's
1: another one at the trade table. If I get offered Robbie Gray from him again, <laughs> I
0: swear
1: to God, and that was when Robbie was at his absolute lowest of the low. He was getting 40 for fun, and Matt still was trying to get 100 guys for him. Showing me yeah. fucking highlights of his you know, 2007 year and shit all that, Try to get over on.
0: Yeah, I think Grant even uh had the same sort of sentiment as well. He's um yeah, not a big fan of the probably great offers, but everyone's got those boys that you just you rate right a little bit higher than everybody else. Oh,
1: the Dumont factor, isn't
0: it? Yeah. He's come good last two weeks, so we'll see how it goes. Definitely the Dumont factor. And last one from Keelan is does Mutt realise and understand what finals are?
1: I think he's he's always a big talker in the finals. He likes to trash talk those that are in it while he's, you know, hasn't quite made it. He's sort of like the North Melbourne, he's never quite at the bottom but he's definitely never nowhere near
0: the top. Definitely, yeah, he's definitely I reckon North Melbourne's a very apt uh, apt team to give him. And uh, maybe it's time for him to to re- go into the rebuilding phase. Yeah, look maybe he can go down to the bolty like Majak did and, you know, if that's what you do do Matt, that's what you gotta do. <laughs> the next one is for now we go now we go to some from Lockie. Uh now that Ben has openly admitted he hates cops, does this change the way you think of him?
1: No, we already sort of hate him. Like I've been talking about him around the office and everyone agree that he's just a piece of shit i mean he doesn't live in town he talks a big game when there's no cops around but i'm sure if we're all around to his house he'll be more than happy to you know shitty pants and take them there <laughs> so if he doesn't like us guess what we don't like you either
0: yeah there you go at least at least we know it's mutual
1: exactly and one day we're going to come around and you know let's
0: just say that one degree. Uh, next one is are you appalled that Ben believes that all cops should be on the COVID frontline without PPE whilst being told to breathe heavily?
1: I'm um, assuming that one's from Lockman again?
0: Yes, uh, yeah, you've got a few from Lockie, yet.
1: Yeah. I don't know what, I know what Ben's issue is. You know, we're out there every day trying to look after him. As far as I know, he hasn't been raped since last time. Never once got a
0: thank you for that. Yep. Whereas if we just packed up shop, he look like a piece of cheese on the not. Oh, definitely. All righty then. Uh, next one from Lockie. If you had to choose between taking Ben or Saddam Hussein, Saddam Hussein out for dinner, where would you take Saddam Hussein and how big a night would you have? Yeah, well, I'm not taking Ben anywhere.
1: He's, he's well, that ship is out in terms of going out for dinner. He had his chance. He blew it. He wants to hang out with firefighters and paramedics and all the other ship load guys that aren't cropped. So I'm just going
0: to take Saddam out and have a good night. Very nice. Uh, maybe to a nice, uh, nice Indian place.
1: Yeah, they work. Nice,
0: nice bit of tight. Yeah, oh, well, yeah. I'd, I like tight. I was good. Yeah, I'll just
1: fucking menu log it and see
0: how we go. Yep, definitely. Well, because we can't go out anywhere at the moment, so, yeah, it might have to be a menu log order
1: No, Ben, ben is officially against me. He
0: had his chance. Definitely. All right, next one is interesting. Who is your tip for the heartbreak story of 2020 and will miss making the top eight?
1: I think Steve would have to probably start working his way back up the ladder. you would hope to be finishing top the here and they're not even making finals the next month. But, you know, when, you draft, when you're drafting guys like Jordan Dawson at 30 you're <laughs> probably on the back look from the start of things. But I think, you know, see if he have the comp named after him. Every time I get a Facebook update, I see his little smiling mug in the picture. I think he will be the heartbreak story.
0: Yeah, definitely. He's, a, he's actually looking all right at the moment. He's scoring pretty well and yeah, he's not enough for you to, to get himself to a good position. But, yeah, we'll have to wait and see if it all pays off and see if he keeps going.
1: He'll be one of two. He'll be the
0: heartbreak story or the feel good story. Definitely, definitely one of the 2 have to wait and see if the choking hazard strikes again. Yeah, that'll probably be me, so I hope not. <laughs> Alright, uh, I've actually got one sent through from, from the lovely uh, lady Belinda uh, in the other room. She's gone, uh, is it safe to assume that since Adelaide lost to Collingwood that Jack and Ella are now, support- now fire supporters? I don't
1: think if, uh, I like the idea of other hard timing our questions during this. You know, boy time of the draft. <laughs> Bad enough, they hassle me when I'm checking the scores every three seconds and watching, you know, nine games of footy in what, five days. And now they're sending questions as well. <laughs> I, I think you should tell Belinda
0: to just, you know, focus on something that she enjoys. Just leave the big questions to us, alright? Yeah, nah, fair call. I'll, uh... as well. <laughs> I'll pass that one on, no problems. Well, right, that's, uh, that's actually all the questions I've got. So nice and uh, short and sweet this week. But uh, look, there's no real point in me asking, I guess. But uh, who's your tip to win this year? In the draft, well, I can see buyers coming through and absolutely
1: raping me. Whereas Lachlan's just done the old strategic thing and traded out throughout everyone that has buyers, those that haven't. So I can see Lachlan just snaking his way past me and sliding through and while I'm struggling to put a side together. But I'm still backing
0: myself. Yeah, I'd back yourself as well. Yeah, you're scoring well. You're scoring 1,500 plus every week at the moment. So I think you're definitely in a good position. But yeah, we'll have to wait and see what happens with those buyers. Yeah, look, at COVID.
1: Over- it is there one day.
0: <laughs> yeah, aren't they meant to be travelling away again, so that could be a real problem for him if he, uh, they all go back to another hub and start sucking balls again, because they're all whinging and they're not at home? Yeah, I'd be nervous, or so all it takes is, you know, they could get a fucking Richmond Dutch Rudder server going on and just inspect each other. <laughs> Give them a the good reach around and everyone have a good time. Exactly. Yes, that's it. All right, that's uh, nice and easy. I'll uh, leave you to it so you can uh, go on to your relaxing before your night shift. And I appreciate you making the time for me, Musty. See you Jim. Always a pleasure. To easy. Thank you. See anyway. Bye. All right, guys. It now comes time for my Not Suitable for Children Award. Look, really, really tough one here with all the all the low scores, all the laid outs and all that sort of stuff. But I think if I'm going to give it to someone, it's got to go to Maddie Lockheed's Cane fan, unfortunately. Look, you beat Scotty by two points. For the lower score, but at the same time he also had two uh, two zeros on the field, you only had one, so if I'm gonna be honest, you're probably the one on the bottom there. So unfortunately, Matt, you are not suitable for children. Which is probably a bit of a problem considering Jen's the teacher, but you know, stay uh, stay a couple of kilometres away and you'll be fine. Alright guys, now comes time for the Brownlow Medal. The all-important Brownlow medal. One vote. Jay McCrae, eight balls. Two votes. Ah Laird, Sacred fart. Three votes. Oh, wines, sacred fart. All right, guys, thanks for listening to Choking Hazard, the podcast. That's all I've got time for at the moment. So, oh, Hang on. Sorry, someone's uh, someone's trying to jump on Zoom. Hang on one second. Hello? Hey,
2: hey, oh. hey. It's me. It's Grant. Oh, After gosh. certain comments were laid against me on last week's podcast, I felt the air needed to be cleared. I'm pissed off. No, I'm fucking furious with Ben. And for that reason, there will be no apology forthcoming. After listening to the podcast for a second time, it has become apparent that you, Ben, are a hypocrite. James put you in the hub and then he removed you from it because you bet against your own team, which is a heinous and despicable act, even by you. You have no problems with James's actions. I remove you from the hub for blatant rule tampering and you're upset. And then you have the audacity to shift the blame onto someone else, Steve. That is disgraceful. As the matriarch of the Logistics family, no matter how much sucking up to James you do, I make the decisions who's allowed this family. So, Ben, you have burnt that bridge, and it would take a minor miracle for me to allow you into the Logistics family. So, Ben, you can ship off.